You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. The focal passage is Romans 10, 1 through 17. It says this, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness in everyone who believes. Verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will ascend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14. How then? Will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. You guys can be seated. Good morning. It was weak. My name is Michael. I am one of the pastors here. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, I want to tell you something just real quick. Um, About, gosh, 12 years ago, 11 years ago when we were beginning uh, to figure out what it looked like to be uh, the Village Church, um, we, we got invited by another church, the, the Oaks Community Church in Middletown, and um, we had some relationship there through Acts 29, and, and they invited us to hang out um, on a Sunday before we started Sunday gatherings and any of that stuff, and, and they just, they fed us after a gathering. There were like 15 of us and, you know, 98 kids or whatever. Uh, they fed us, and they, they just encouraged us. They were a huge uh, benefit to, to me, uh, those pastors were, and they, they have been, and, and to us as a church family. And, and over the years, that has been really helpful because we've gotten to do that with other people. And so there, is, there, are, there are several church plants in Hamilton right now, and, and we celebrate that, right? We're, we have one mission. We're pointing people to Jesus and being uh, the church. And so there is a church it's called Inspiring Hope, and the pastor is named Ben Mangrum, and they're, they're planting in Hamilton And they're just trying to figure out what that looks like. And next week, that small church plant 
is going to be with us hanging out at our gathering. And then we're going to hang out, um, you know, a, a few of us, the elders and a few others, hang out afterwards and just kind of talk about what they're getting into and, and how we can come alongside and be an encouragement to them. So I just wanted to let you guys know that so that we can be super hospitable as we should be every week. But when you see this like group of people and you think like, who are these people? That's who those people are. So be overly kind to them. Is that fair? We, we value church multiplication. That's one way that we all get to be a part of what that looks like. So it's 2021. I am super glad that we are all in this room together. And, and I really just want to start out by asking you that. Like, why are you in this room? And maybe it's because like what you do or, or whatever. And maybe for some of you, it's like a, a new you in 2021. You know, like you're going to go... Uh, show up in the basement of some local church for the first time, that's okay. Um, but I want us to think a little bit deeper, like, like how did you get here? And, and I understand that there are people that are in this room that, that are not Christians, are not connected to a local church, and, and, and I understand that many of you are. And so I just want you to think, like, how did you get here today? But then beyond that, how did you get connected to God's family or to the church to begin with? Um, what sequence of events led to that? What conversations happened in your life that led you to show up one day or to have some awkward conversation or, or to pray a, a, room, a, a, a prayer in your room by yourself? What was the thing? What were the things that God used to do that? And if you're not a Christian, um, what have you heard about Jesus? Like, What are the words that, that, that people have told you about Jesus. And if, you, and if you are a Christian, man, I just want us to think, how did you hear about that? Who, who was the person that shared Jesus with you? And then I want you to think a little further, like, how do you think they heard about Jesus? And, and what was it that they heard about Jesus? And we could go on and on and on. And, and maybe for a bonus, maybe think about this. Whose story would point to you as the one who showed them the way to everlasting life? There are two types of people. There are those who will spend eternity with God and his people, receiving and reflecting God's love for all time. And, and there are those who won't. Both types of people are in this room. Both types of people are on the road that you'll pass when, when, you, when you drive home after this gathering today. And, and, and many will just dismiss the notion altogether, and that's what people do. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's certainly that's our neighbors that we interact with that just dismiss the, the notion of, of God altogether, and they live as they wish. And some may not know what it is that brings one into God's family and what it is that excludes. The reality is God does exclude and there are those who are his, and there are those that, that are not his, right? It's not just everyone is, is born a, a son of God or a, a daughter of God, and, and then we're, we live here, and then we're whisked away into the new heavens and new earth. So, so that God does make distinction. And, and in our culture, it might sound something like this, like, I know what you think based on the internet and, and, and media and all that stuff, that, that everyone is just so anti-Christian and they hate everything, and maybe they are, and, and certainly we know people like that, but, but many people would probably say something along the lines of, like, what is the difference and what makes someone a part of God's family and what, and what makes someone not a part of God's family? They would probably say something like, well, I mean, just, just be a good person. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm better than my neighbor, and that guy's really bad, and she's, you know, the devil, but look at me, like, I'm okay. Or, or you might say, man, at the end of the day, you just do more good than bad, right? Like, those are just common American under, misunderstandings about who God is and who his people are. And for others, others who have been a part of this church family and maybe, maybe healthy churches otherwise, you know well that it is God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, that, that gives you the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and not only some far-off hope, but life now in full so out of the gate, I, I just want to ask a couple questions. Are you his and is he yours? Like, like the Bible cover to cover is God establishing a people and us calling him God and him calling us his. Are you his and is he yours? There, there's no neutral ground. There's not like a third option. And, and if you would say, yes, I am his, and I would just say, on what grounds do you say that? We have to know what it means to be a part of God's family. Um, secondly, if so, is that the end goal? Like, gosh, I'm in Christ. Whew, that's what the Bible says. We say, like, being a Christian, but you don't really read that. Like, the saying time and time again is, is are you in Christ? Are you one with him? So, so if you're in Christ, is that the end and you just, <sighs> or is that the beginning of a mission? And, and thirdly, do you desire that others would join you in finding their rest now and forever in God alone? Or, or maybe another way of saying that is, are you engaged in the mission? See, that's what this short four-part series is about. It's, it's called Go, Make Him Known. And we're talking about evangelism and mission, and evangelism is, now I'll give you a definition at the end of the sermon today, and this sermon is a little meandery, it's not real tight, right, and so that's okay, all right, or it's okay for me today, all right, um, and so evangelism is telling of the hope, and so my hope is in, in this four-part series that, that we would be informed, that we would be equipped, that we would be challenged, that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up to be loving, thoughtful, bold missionaries. And today we're talking about personal evangelism, just what we must know and, and, and what we get to do because of what we know as God's people. And, and that, that happens, man, on a personal level, but gosh, it, it happens in community, right? It's not just you on your own doing this, but it's, but it's the work of the Spirit and the work of the Son and, and the glory of the Father and, and the, this family working together to be a church that grows God's kingdom. And so next week we'll look at, uh, at the community aspect. And then in week three we'll look at City Go and what we get to do as a church to engage this city. And then we'll look in the fourth week at Global Go and what we get to do to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. And, and I want everyone in Christ, and I want everyone who is in Christ to do that. But specifically for us today, uh, all of us who call this church family home, whether you're watching online in your living room or you're in this room, I want us to be that. I want us to believe that, and I want us to build that. And don't worry. Like, I'm not here to just guilt 
and shame you about how bad you are at being an effective missionary? Like, that's, that's all of us at times, right? This is not about guilt or shame, but it's so that we might grow together as joyful believers and, and bold builders, intentionally telling people good news that is ours in Christ. And as we do that, we get to remember uh, that we join a long line of disciples who, who were being, believing, and building the same kingdom. So we're hanging out in Romans 8, and on the front end, we'll kind of like uh, read the Bible a bit. And so remember, the, the verses on the screen are for our guests. Uh, if you're a part of this family, uh, bring your Bible, right? And, and if you don't have one, let us know. We would love to put one in your hands. So the burden of this text in, in Romans 10 is, is this. God uses those who believe good news to preach good news to those who need good news. Right? God uses those who believe good news to preach good news to those who need good news. And, and just so it's not an obstacle, I don't just mean preach like one guy on a stage. I mean to say words that point people to the good news. Right? And we all get to do that. Right? So the first point, and there are only two, the first one is probably in eternally long. All right? uh, everyone who believes will be saved. Super simple. Right? Everyone who believes will be saved. And so just a question that we get to ask as we kind of engage in this is, is, what am I saved from and what am I saved by? Like what does that even mean? All right? And so Romans 10, I'm starting in verse 5 and we'll bounce around a little bit. For Moses writes about the, see, my watch has detected a workout already, right? Whew. For Moses writes, it's got a little running guy on it, like, keep it up. Um, whew. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, right? That the person who does the commandments shall live by them. Moses, think Old Testament, Ten Commandments, do these things. And it was always by faith. But the way that, that showed up was by doing good, by doing the right things, keeping the law. So Moses writes about the righteousness that's based on the law, that that person who does the commandments shall live by, by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart uh, who will ascend into heaven uh, or, or who will descend into the abyss. But, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of Faith, that is, like when you see the word faith, think trust or, or firm belief that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth, that is, if you say these things, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that is at the core of your being, that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, that is kind of... Uh, before God, you stand innocent, and, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. And so he's saying, look, it doesn't matter if you're religious or you're irreligious or, or what it is. There is no difference. There is not a type that can come to this saving faith. It is all who would call upon his name. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A ton of stuff in there, right? But, but let's backtrack just a few verses because 
verse 5, it, it really flows from this reasoned thought that starts in verse 1. So let's see what Paul says. He says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, that is his countrymen, the Jews, is that they would be saved. For I bear them witness. So here's the thing. Paul's saying, all of this, my life as a bold missionary, it flows from this, that I have a burden and, and, and I'm dependent upon God in prayer that these people, that these others around me, that my neighbor might be saved. For I bear them witness. So he's saying, this is what I see, that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. What's that mean? They're super passionate and they're ignorant. They want to love God. They just don't know how. They don't even know who he is. They have, they have a, a passion that's amiss. Like so many of us. Like so many of, of the just ridiculous stuff that you see shared on Facebook. And you think, no, no. I'm glad that, that it has the word God in it. But that is not the God that we get to serve and live in light of. For being ignorant of righteousness of God. And seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So what does he say? He says, they're a law unto themselves. They make their own rules and, and they try to please God. But, but they do it not by looking at truth, but by doing whatever they feel like. So maybe they become their own God or they certainly write their own moral standards. But look at verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. What this tells us is, is that we get to trust Jesus. That, that is the standard for our righteousness. Jesus who lives this perfect life, he is the one that when we trust him, we become in him. This is good news. And so here's the thing. We're talking about righteousness. And like in the church, we sing about that. We, we talk about that. I get what that means. Maybe you can make sense of that. But your neighbor, they're, they're probably not like, hey, excuse me. Like I noticed on Sunday mornings that you leave your house carrying a Bible. Uh, can you tell me what is the standard for righteousness before God? Like that's probably not what they're going to say. Um, but... But if you flip the Bible uh, to, to Acts chapter 16, maybe they would say something like this. All right, Acts chapter 16, I want to skim through this real quickly. Verse 25, it, it tells this account. And, and here's what's going on. This guy named Paul and Silas, they are bold missionaries for the gospel. They've been telling people about Jesus and, and turning cities upside down. Flipping kings in disorder everywhere that they go by simply saying that Jesus, he's the better king. Right? Trust him and be saved. Trust him and, and you will receive the forgiveness of sin. And, and others, they say, yeah, but what about Moses? And what are you doing? And so they get thrown in prison. And, and here's what we see. About midnight, Paul and Silas, they're praying. They're singing hymns to God. And I love this. And it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Imagine the scene. Hopeless, prison's terrible, it's not like cable TV, it's not like that. It's like, uh, think about a porta potty and being inside of it. That's what this prison was like. It's terrible. They're chained to a wall, cell, whatever. They're just singing and they're praying and people are just listening. Right? Maybe some flicker candlelight, maybe not, it's dark. 
and suddenly there was a great earthquake. God is funny that way, huh? So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and the shackles were broken free. Can you imagine? The prison guard, he wakes up. I get the idea he, he has a terrible boss and two, um, he shouldn't have been sleeping. Uh, he wakes up and he says, you have got to be kidding me. All right? And he pulls out his sword to, to take his own life. Terrible boss, I think. Because he's like, they're all gone, and I'm responsible. I shouldn't have been sleeping on the job, this earthquake. Blah, blah, blah. Paul says, uh, this is what he says. Um, but Paul cried with a loud voice. It probably went something like this. Bro, bro, bro. Hold up. Don't do that. Well, who is that? It's dark. Who is that? It's, it's us. We're, we're all here. What? Yeah, man. No one's left. Do not harm yourself. We're all here in the jailer. He called for the lights. Hit the lights. That's probably what he said. They rushed in, and trembling with fear, the jailer fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, look, all the prisoners are listening to them singing and praying, and certainly you have the ones that are annoyed by it. Just shut up. Let us go to sleep, right? You have this jailer who undoubtedly knows that Paul and Silas are probably model like prisoners. Like, and and I'm, I'm speculating by some things that, that he knows them because he goes to them when he asks the question, all right? So he's seen the work of God and he sees, oh my goodness, God like uh, delivered you with an earthquake and you didn't even leave. You saved me literally in the flesh. He goes to them and he cries, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And look, that means a million different things. But, but at the end of the day, people who acknowledge God, they're asking this question in some way, shape, or form. And, and you know what they said? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That's what they said. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Well, but what about keeping all the, and dressing like the, and doing all the, <laughs> that, that you would just believe. And, 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 and he invites them to his home. And, and, and they share the gospel with his whole household. His whole household believes. And, and they spoke of the Lord, and, and, and they were all baptized. And he addressed their, he washed their wounds. And, and they were baptized that night. And then he brought them up into his house. He set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire family that he had believed in God. Look, I don't think the jailer had a robust, systematic theology at this point. I think what he knew was, I need Jesus, and these people seem to be living a life that walks with him. Or, or not even, I need Jesus, but I want God. Right? And so we have this desire in us, not everyone, but, but so we ask the question, they're saved, saved from what? Saved from hell's flame, from, from eternity away from God's love and his people, uh, Saved from being positioned as God's enemy instead of his family. Saved from the full wrath and judgment of God against you forever. That's what we are saved from. And what is the answer? How, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. And, and what he goes on, he, he says that, that we get to repent and believe. We get to confess with our mouth and, and trust him completely. That he is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. And, and that's simple that's a simple truth. 
and certainly it grows and we get to understand what the life of Jesus and his righteousness actually secured for us and what his death actually accomplished for us that we might be forgiven, that he died in our place and that his resurrection demonstrates him overpowering death's grip on us. And he shows us the way to new life and by his ascension into the heavens, it shows his rule and reign. And one day we get to be his and he gets to be ours for all time with, without the mar and the sting and the stain of sin and hell and death. So, so everyone who believes what will be saved? Everyone who believes that you are a sinner and your only hope is, is the mercy and the grace of God through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Everyone who believes that. And not just this construct. Right? I remember when, when, when uh, Titus and Ireland were baptized and, and we were talking through uh, what all that stuff, they're my kids, um, and, and we're talking through stuff and, and we have to do baptism videos as we celebrate around here. And um, it, it never made it to a video, but I remember in conversation with Titus, one of the things that he said was, I, I, I know that, that Jesus didn't just die for sins, that he died for my sins. That, that is quite different. That Jesus died for sins. No, Jesus died for, for your sin. That's what you have to know. And, and what I believe is that the best evangelists, they're not those who have the, the, the tightest uh, biblical theology and, and all of those things. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. We get to be better as we know more truth. But, but it's those who who are most deeply aware of their own sin. Those are the best evangelists. And, and those who have the greatest burden for their neighbor. So, so everyone who believes that Jesus is God's son, sent to live perfectly where we fail, uh, and, and, and that he took our sin upon the cross, and he absorbs God's judgment for us, and he died, and he rose, and he reigns, and all who believe that, that he didn't just die for sins, but he died for our sins, that they will be saved because as we believe and we confess, we are justified and we are saved. <clears throat> we can get caught up in all that. But, but if we just know, I, I know... A, a, a pastor was asked, what is the gospel? And this is what he said, God saves sinners. Man, God saves sinners. And, and as Paul says, I am chief. So we get to repent and believe, confess. And one of the ways early on we used to say all the time, and I still use this when I'm talking to somebody about the gospel, it's, it's that God is holy and that man is sinful and that Christ is sufficient. It's just a simple way to remind me that God is he's so much Better than I am. And man is sinful and I'm broken in my sin. But Jesus, he is enough by his grace to bridge the gap between God's holiness and my sinfulness. So as we believe, we join the family. And as we confess, we join the mission. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. So that means that we get to know Christ. I got a book for Christmas. It's called Stuff You Should Know. 
a, an incomplete compendium of mostly interesting things. That's what life with me is like. So I, I've jumped into that. In the intro, they give this little account, and this is what they say. The Book of Five Rings. 17th century samurai Mayamoto Musashi. I think he's from Kentucky. Um, he, wrote, he wrote this. From one thing, no 10,000 things. Musashi was a master swordsman, and he knew that discipline fully. But he didn't only know that discipline. He also learned metallurgy to understand how to make the strongest sword. He also learned physiology and anatomy to understand the physical vulnerabilities of his opponents. He learned human psychology to understand their mental vulnerabilities. He learned geometry to understand angles of attack and physics to understand leverage. The list goes on. What Musashi was saying is that if you master one thing completely, it will teach you about so many other things in the process. And here's the deal. You're never going to master Jesus and if that's your goal, you should change your goal, all right? Jesus is always the master, but man, when we seek to know him, every other thing is informed and transformed by the truth of who he is and how much he loves us. So my goal, and again, this is ending point one, although it's going to sound like the end of a sermon, right? Don't get excited. Um, May every sermon and may every song and may every prayer and may every good work that we get to be a part of, every encouragement, every endurance in suffering, every hope of joy, every bold proclamation, every stumbling, bumbling, awkward conversation that we have about Jesus, may every new life in him, all of it, be established in Christ by Christ. So for us as a family, may we never get beyond the gospel to just doing things that simply work or build upon trends of the day or any other thing but Christ and him crucified as the power of God in salvation. So I ask you, do you believe? And, and if so, that's not the end. This isn't you get like a, a golden ticket and you just wait for Willy Wonka to open the gates. That's not what we get to be drawn into. It is the beginning of a mission, which, which takes us to point number two. No one believes what they haven't heard. No one believes what they haven't heard. You can't. can't believe what you haven't heard. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. And so we jump in in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just very logical in the way this plays out. Well, how will they call on him if they have not believed? Great question. Well, well, let me ask this. How are they to believe in him if they've never heard? Also a great question. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Gosh, that is a great question. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Brothers and sisters, we are sent ones. And we get to preach so that they might hear, so that they might believe, so they might be saved. He goes on, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. And then in verse 17, so faith comes from hearing 
and hearing through the word of Christ. What was the news that you first heard when someone shared the gospel with you? The first conversation about Jesus that you remember. And I mean, it, it could have been like, you know where liars go. That, that is not the gospel, right? Um, but, but we get culturally how somebody might think that that is, right? That, that they're preaching a, a law, all right? Um, what was the, the first news that you heard? And, and what was the first news that you shared with somebody else? If you're in Christ, what was the first conversation that you had where you're like, oh gosh, they, they are not a part of God's family. They've not trusted Jesus. They're not, by this language, they're not saved. And I am, and I'm going to have a conversation with them in hopes that they might be. What was the first conversation like? Was it awkward? Was it bold? Has it never happened? I remember in second grade, I was hanging out at my friend's house. Uh, I was not raised in a, a, a Christian home. He was not either. Uh, not by a long shot. But there was a family Bible in his living room under a coffee table and dust. And it had probably the hologram Jesus on the front of it, you know, and it was this big. And I just remember in second grade, all, all on our own, like, you know, hey, whatever. I just remember me and my friend sitting in this chair we opened up this huge Bible, and we read, like, the first chapter of Genesis. And we're probably like, what? I remember walking home in my mind thinking, like, dude, I don't really understand how I even had context. I remember thinking, I just read the Bible. Like, that's cool. This is, like, the first time in my life, probably, that I read God's Word, certainly, that I remember. I remember in fifth grade, right? I, I'm not a Christian recess, my, my friend named Austin, he starts engaging conversations with me. Fifth grade recess, three consecutive days. Hey, Michael, like, ah, I, I don't know what the conversations were. I go to church. Uh, what do you think about God? Well, I don't know. I remember going home. I remember laying in my bed thinking about these conversations that I had with my friend Austin. And I remember on the third day, fifth grade in a public school dude said hey do you want to pray right now and trust Jesus you know what I did I, I don't remember anything about Jesus <laughs> after that moment until about seventh grade when I started you know uh, chasing a girl and hanging out with some friends that I liked to spend time with and then one uh, you know hot gym youth group uh, where someone said, well, you're a sinner and you need Jesus. And I said, you know what? I think that's true. That's true of me today. And I, and I, and I didn't have the words and I didn't have all the things right. But, but I think I called Jesus Lord of my life. I said it out loud. I told someone else. I mean, consider who or what God used to lead you to him. And then know this. God is still up to doing the same thing. He just wants, he wants that to be through you. He wants you to join the mission, right? The, the work of all who are, are in Christ is to live in light of who he is and invite others to join them. Tell them, go. 
Salvation is from God A to Z. No doubt about it. The faith that you offer up, the Bible says, is from the Lord. Right? You're not going to do anything. You're not going to find God. He will find you and let you know that you need him. That, that's what he does. And, and yet, eternity hangs in the balance, and he invites us to join him, the church, as the means to grow his kingdom for all time. Subtle, awkward conversations. Coming together, sitting under the word, singing songs, praying prayers, being built up, being kind and loving neighbors. That's the plan. The message, it remains the same. It, it's unchanging truth, but, but the methods, they get to change over time. And they get to be contextualized, and, and that doesn't, and like, you, you see how the church gets off track when it says, hey, look, we have fog machines and laser lights and all the cool things, and we have the best bands, and we have all this stuff, and, and we, like, say some things in the Bible, too, sometimes. But you see, where that comes from is they have a, a big burden, a big love for their neighbor, but it might be amiss somewhere, or for us, we might, we, we might say, no, you have to get everything right, and it has to look like this. And that's not quite true. Like all these things, and it might come off in a way that's not loving. We miss. Gosh, there have been bad... Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, he, he says, we have a better chance of converting a lion to be a vegetarian than convincing a dead man to be alive. What that means is, is our work is the Spirit's work. He invites us in. Right? And, and that is the thing that lets us be bold. It gives us confidence. But look, the church has, has messed that up. And there are cringy uh, conversations and and you know you drive by and you see signs and you know you're like oh I remember the first time that I remember sharing the gospel was with my friend Tim uh, Timmy we called him at the time probably right in seventh grade I became a Christian he comes over and and I've shared this story with you all once before but but I said hey dude like you should get saved he's like what are you talking about I was like bro I got saved you should get saved too he's like don't know what you're talking. Well, I've been like going to church and stuff and like God and Jesus and sinner and you're one get saved. You want to play Sonic? Sure. That's what the conversation went like. It's okay though, right? It's not the best. But so, so my point is there are bad ways to share the gospel. Uh, no truth uh, and only love or, or no love and only truth. But the worst way is just to be silent. And look, sometimes that's where I find myself. You all legit love your neighbors. I can't believe the church that I get to be a part of. I can't believe it. You love this city, you love one another, you, you love 
broken children you foster and you adopt, and, and I can't go to a coffee shop in town without seeing someone else with a book or a Bible open that's a part of this church family, like studying God's word together. And I'm not talking about like through our uh, discipleship program. I'm talking just you living your life as a follower of Jesus. I can't believe that I get to be a part of this church that, that shoulders life as well as, as you do. But we need to say words that point people to Jesus. Like, and, and I love that we do block parties and that we, all the things. But man, we can't miss on the part that actually connects truth in love to our neighbor. There's this scene in The Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian is like, uh, is a, if you don't know, Disney Plus, Star Wars spinoff. He looks like a very nicely adorned Power Ranger. And, and there's this little, um, little baby Yoda cultural phenomenon. You see it everywhere. Actually, has a name. Grogu is his name, right? But baby Yoda and so Baby Yoda has, uh, this is not really a spoiler, maybe it sort of is, but he has like some force about him and he can move things and he does from time to time. And so Mando, our dude, right, Mandalorian, he takes him somewhere and he's trying to get him to, he's trying to get him to use the force like on command, not just in random times. And he says like, move the rock. He's got the little cutest thing you've ever seen, Baby Yoda, like, he's like, move the rock. And he just sits there like my dog when I tell him to do anything. <laughs> Except for when I tell him to sit, then he stands there, right? And this girl who's with him, she says, basically, like, you're doing it wrong. He doesn't want to move the rock. Like, connect with him in some way. Is there something that, like, can you connect with him? And he's like, well, Grogu, baby Yoda, he, he loves the gear shift knob. He's always stealing it, right? And, and Mandalorian pulls it out, and he's like, do you want this? And baby Yoda's like, zoop. And he takes it. We can miss on, on, uh, on truth, and we can miss on love. But we have to connect truth and love. And part of the way that we get to do that is by being human, right? If, if you introduce yourself to the, the new neighbor next door, you knock and they open the door and you say, are you even saved? <laughs> that, that's like saying, move the rock. But when you say, hey, we brought you some whatever, gluten-free, sanitized, you know, all the things, it's right there, Whatever. And it's like, okay, these people are human and that's okay, you know? So we get to connect truth to neighbor. And, and the balance of connection and speaking truth is difficult. And, and you probably overstep one side or the other. And, and you might have a relationship that's three years long that people don't know that you even lived your life built on Jesus. That's not okay. But you might jump the gun and you might in a non-loving way tell someone that where liars go. That's not good either. We're going to have a, a, uh, a help, help us process together beginning on the 17th and, and for the, the three Sundays in January, 17th, 24th, 31st, um, 9 a.m. class here like we had with politics stuff, but it's going to be about evangelism. And, and Joe Malberg, Joe, you here? 
Hey, guy, wake up, Joe. He's going to be leading us to grow as evangelists. And so what I'm saying is there's skill involved, right? We get to grow in that, right? Uh, my obstacle was that I don't want to be that guy. I know that's my obstacle. I want to be just a normal, I just want to be neighbor. I just want to be coach. I just want to be friend, just normal. And so I, I never lead with, like for me, maybe it's a little different, like, Hi, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor, and then, they're, then they're, they cut me off, or like it's different. So I just want to be like, you know? But, but that, that causes me to like, what? I, I don't want to be that guy that, that what? Over time, what just sits on the greatest news that the world has ever known? So for me, that is an obstacle that I'm like, ah, I, I just want, I want you to know that I care for you. Apart from this truth that I'm going to tell you, but at some point, we have to cross the bridge of relationships and use words to see what people worship and to point them to the, to the one true God worthy of all worship, right? Uh, God uses those who believe good news to preach good news to those who need good news. And I don't know if I said this, but we all need good news. And evangelism, the reality is that it's not just for non-Christians. We get to speak truth to one another. And so finally, towards the end, I want to give you a definition of evangelism. It looks like this. It's from a book uh, in the Nine Marks series of books on evangelism from J. Mack Styles. It says evangelism is, so there's a short version and there's like the amplified. That's how it is in the book. But evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. That's pretty good. And then he goes on, evangelism is teaching, heralding, proclaiming, preaching the gospel. That is the message from God that leads us to salvation with the aim, hope, desire, goal to persuade, convince, convert, right? Evangelism is teaching the gospel in, with the hope to persuade. That, that is what we get to do. So, so what's the plan? What is the plan? 35 things just real quick. We get to ask God to give you faith to believe good news. God, give me faith to believe this good news. Secondly, we get to ask God to show you who needs good news. God, I know everyone does, but in, in some special ways, I want to walk by the Spirit. Can you show me who needs good news, and would you give me the wisdom and the love and the, the burden and, and the knowledge to give them that good news about you? Third, we get to Ask God to let you grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus. Man, new year, new you, right? Don't, don't not let reading the Bible be a part of that. Know him. Ask someone else to read with you. Walk together in, in growing in grace and knowledge of Jesus. Number four, consider deeply what you and, and what others are about. What do we worship? How how does that fail, and how is Christ better? So we're looking, when, when you're in, in, uh, mindful of the gospel and the brokenness, then you begin to see the world around you, false savior. Gosh, they're worshiping, worshiping a false savior. They're shallow. They, they care too much about this or that. And what we get to do is we get to, in wisdom, walk with them to point them to the better and true savior, Jesus. And last, ask God to give you boldness and wisdom to tell good news in ways that connects truth and love. Man, we get to be a people 
that, that puts on our boots and, and gets to work to continue what Christ has saved us for and what he saved us to. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Man, I want to be a church that those around us would look and say, gosh, those people have beautiful feet because they tell good news. God uses those who believe good news to preach good news to those who need good news. The band can come on up. We get to respond today. You can sit right where you are and just pray. There's a prayer bench over there you can go to. You can kneel at if you want to just pray by yourself. You can stand up and sing with the band as we sing songs to God and about him, right? Uh, If you want to pray with someone, my wife and I will be back by that red tree. There will be another few people over by that red tree. We would love to pray with you. And if you're in Christ, whether you're part, uh, a member of this church or not, man, we get to remember and declare the, the body and the blood of Jesus, his body that was broken, his blood that was spilled uh, for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We get to remember and declare that by taking of the cup. There's a little wafer on there. You pull off the top. It's all together. Uh, would you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for, for saving your people for a long, long time and for joining us together in this room. God, would you let us go, be loving and kind, bold ambassadors of your good news to those around us. God, would you let the village church, the the people in this room, those who are part of this church family, would you let us make an impact in this city and partnering with with other churches like like Inspiring Hope and and Freedom House and and Aaron Simpson and and all those guys, would, would you let us make an impact in this city and in Butler County and to the ends of the earth by being bold ambassadors of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.